What's going on you gorgeous gyrating guanacos? Welcome to this week's episode of Total Pod Mode. My name is James, also known as Mr. Bames, and I'm joined as always by the wondrous Will, also known as Hoodafunk. What's up guys? Good to be back for another week. Coming up on today's episode, we've got our usual catch-up, followed by some gaming news where we're talking about a trailer, some more unfortunate layoffs, and an update on a highly anticipated DLC. Finishing off the episode, we've got the Games Challenge, where we find out if I can make it last one more week. But first, before we get into all that, let's hit them socials. You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pod Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on X by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word. Or you can find me at Hoodafunk on X, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. And you can find me on X at Mr. Bames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Bames underscore TPM. So man, let's get after it. What have you been playing this week? So this week I'm happy to report back that I finally made good on my promises to pull my finger out and get a little bit more done in Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, very good. Uh, just a couple of things I wanted to talk about straight away. Um, I've experimented with a few more shrines on the way now and I finally run into a few more memorable ones. Some ones that have kind of forced me to take a look at the way that you use your powers in the game in quite interesting ways. Oh yeah? What was what's some of your highlights? Making a paddle boat was a pretty good one. Using a wheel contraption as well as like a log base you can stick other bits of wood onto the wheel and after you hit it it spins and you can use just you know pretty traditional paddle boat style to get across water wasn't something i'd really considered or really thought would work before but i'm really surprised because the shrines have really opened up my thinking in terms of the way that you can use some of your powers particularly the ultra hand along with the physics in the game that sounds cool though man do you think the shrines sort of act like tutorials for some of the things you can do maybe i think so another example was making a machine that kind of used very similar paddles but to climb up a very uneven surface that was just made out of poles it's not the sort of thing that you could climb over or get over easily but if you attach paddles to wheels they sort of act like gears running along a cog and you can use that to traverse up through a shrine um that was an interesting way of using your powers as well so yeah just having a fun time playing around with the physics and things like that in the game nice and have you found any uses in the overworld for any of the things you've learned in the shrines like have you made your own paddle boat style contraption on the surface yeah absolutely that's actually the the main one that i've been fashioning myself quite a lot now is i've kind of got a regular paddle boat that i can take out and i take that directly down the rivers in the game as well you can get quite a few good enemies and good loot for cooking and getting various bonuses that you can from special kinds of fish nice not only have i been mucking around the shrines but i finally decided to head to the hebra mountains which is to the western part of the map in the game but not before tragedy struck unfortunately for me oh no what happened so i was out exploring and as i mentioned before i I caught myself a horse and i also discovered that when you go to these stables you can also actually activate horses that you'd boarded from the previous game as well so i actually managed to dig out my dearly beloved arthur named via the red dead redemption 2 title (laughs) very good unfortunately it was pretty aptly named arthur because arthur also winded up dying in tears of the kingdom as well uh, did he get tb a very very no he didn't no this was much more (laughs) tragic and sudden 
no. I was trying to climb a cliff face, and uh, if you're unaware in this game, you can use fire to light grass, and the grass will create an updraft that you can then use your glider to catch hold of and float upwards in the sky. That's really smart. I had a flame-emitting club that you can swing in the game, and I got a little overzealous with my swing as I was setting some grass on fire, and Arthur kind of got clipped by the flames. <laughs> sort of ran off and you know i thought oh okay right i'll sort that out later i'll go get yeah. this shrine first but i couldn't manage to make it up because unfortunately at the time it was raining so the rain very quickly put out the fire on the grass it created an updraft for like half a second before it got put yeah, out yeah. so couldn't use it in order to get to the shrine and then i turned around looking for arthur thinking i'm gonna have to find another way up using the horse i couldn't see him his icon was still showing on the map while i was looking around desperately for him and then i slowly edged towards the nearby cliff and noticed that as oh, I'd no. scared off with the flame, in his uh, panic and fear, he actually had jumped off the cliff. Because as I looked down, I saw a writhing in pain on the ground, my uh, my buddy. This was actually, this was, again, very much like a Red Dead 2 moment as well. I dropped down, but there was nothing I could do to save him ultimately. And I, I honestly don't know what you do when your horse dies in this game. Obviously, you can just catch another one. But how can I replace Arthur? This guy carried me all the way through Breath of the Wild. I caught him right early on in the game. He's not a particularly good horse by any means, but he held a great deal of sentimental value. Yeah. Uh, and Then why'd you try and set him on fire then? Well, uh, that was not <laughs> intentional. That was definitely a mistake yeah, on yeah, my part. Right. Right, I could yeah. have done a better job maybe uh, checking on his welfare after I did that. I will admit that. That's on me. Uh, yeah. It was raining though. I mean, the fire would go out. It should have put him out in all fairness. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. He wouldn't have been on fire for long. So yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's all Arthur wrote in Tears of the Kingdom. I kind of like pulled him out from the back benches for all of about 15 minutes. Oh, you only got him for 15 <laughs> minutes as well. Oh. It, yeah, yeah. That's really sad. He really didn't get a good inning at all uh yeah. before he got sent off a cliff and uh, at this point i mean maybe someone can write in and let me know uh if there's a if there's a way that you can get your horse back i do know that there's a horse god in the game so maybe if i pray hard enough to him he'll bring arthur back i don't know but i imagine i have to pay some rupees to resurrect him or something maybe at the stable I, I was kind of hoping that if i just whistled for long enough he would just kind of spawn <laughs> but uh instead yeah. i just watched him kind of writhing in pain and then slowly fading out of existence it was very very depressing. Oh, hell. Brutal. I know, I, I was that surprised crazy, to see it yeah. in the Zelda game. <laughs> I tried to revive him by just standing next to him and whistling repeatedly, but it did yeah. nothing to cure the... Uh, did you just pour a potion on him? Shattered. It's <laughs> just dropping loads of apples next to the horse, hoping that he'd bite yeah. one. Come on, no. wake up. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, rip, Arthur. Yeah, F's in the chat for Arthur. So, um, with that tragedy behind us, although uh, yeah. never forgotten... But I did catch a new horse and move on straight away. <laughs> no, actually, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't caught another horse since. That that death did kind of yeah. rock me a little bit, and now I'm a little scared to get out. Like I say, Arthur, you know, all respect to the guy, he was he was a cool guy. I think he might have actually been a girl, but... Uh, but Arthur, nonetheless. Arthur, nonetheless, cool horse. He was actually one of the, the worst horses that I had. In, in reality yeah. i have a lot better horses than him in my repertoire and as i've discovered i can carry a lot of the horses that i had in breath of the wild over yeah. including some of the special ones like the giant horse i don't want to lose them now i'm gonna just yeah, kind yeah. of catch a mediocre horse in uh tears of the kingdom and just ride that one around then i've got my stable of, of good horses and they'll exactly. only go out for you know showings and things but they're not adventure exactly, horses yeah. no, no, no. we all know what happens with that. adventure horses yeah you set them on fire and they run off cliffs you make it sound like it was so intentional <laughs> 
you said you were waving fire around just trying to set grass on fire. Yeah, yeah, You had a reason. You had a reason. Not an arsonist. It wasn't for no reason. Yeah, I was about to say for no reason, but no, you had a reason. It's fair enough. Yes, um, although it's a shame that it happened to be raining, so my reasoning for doing it just immediately got negated and uh, caused a tragedy instead. I mean, your reasoning was sound. Your logic was... (laughs) Story of my life. Uh, so uh, with that tragedy behind us, I did actually also go back to Hatano Village and complete the mayoral election. I kind of sided with both of them, but I'd be interested to know whether you can be a bit more polarised and actually go for one over the other, because they both have missions for you to do that you need to discover. For CC, the fashionista, you need to go around handing out mushrooms, Hylian mushrooms, to people in the town. Uh, her fashion sense and a lot of her iconography on all of her designs is all mushrooms, so... I guess she's just a big mushroom fan. Yeah, she likes her psychedelics. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> she's just hoping to gain voters. Uh, so yeah. so that one's just a, a mission where you stroll around the town handing those out, really, yeah, just yeah. identifying villagers based on the fact that they're not wearing mushroom garb. After you've done that, as I mentioned last week, they both have sort of deeply held secrets. That's the current mayor of the town and CC the fashionista. Uh, you end up finding by tailing CC that her deep seated secrets is that she is a huge fan of the town's vegetables and the soil in Hatano produces unique vegetables uh, and she's a big fan of that that's her big secret apparently yeah likewise uh, the mayor's secret is actually that he kind of appreciates cc's designs although he does very much want to keep the village into its old ways of just being a traditional farming village he also does recognize that cc's designs do bring in customers so he wants to kind of <laughs> fold in this fashion sense into his vegetable production not quite sure how he intends to do that i think he's making some sort of fancy vegetables so it all sounds very nintendo yeah here, yeah but... <laughs> none of these storylines yeah. really go anywhere It eventually culminates in both of those secrets being revealed on the day of the election. And they both agree, in fact, that the best way for the future of the village is to incorporate CC's new fashion ideas into the town, as well as preserve the old customs and things that the village was originally known for. So you kind of don't really end up falling either side of the argument if you played it the way I played it. They both accept that they're both right and they just kind of move on. As a they work a, together yeah pretty much yeah okay that's cool they both become yeah. yeah leaders of the town so with the election done i was finally ready to head to hebra and on my way to rito village as well uh, rito village is the village of the bird-like people in the game and the village is currently under a large amount of snow because they've got this massive snowstorm that's taking place around the village as a result of a giant cloud in the sky that's kind of hovering above very ominously and this is one of the four big disturbances in the map that you're supposed to be investigating so i finally right. got around to actually doing one of the main things of the game nice this, and this is like the mythical beast equivalent yeah exactly that yeah yeah, yeah. So nice. in this game, it seems that they've replaced the beasts with more traditional temples. Uh, this one was actually the Sky Temple. And you work your way up by befriending the Rito chief's son called Tullin in the game. And he's like a talented young Rito warrior. He's got a special ability where he can create gusts of wind using his wings. So um, after working my way up to the Sky Temple, you do that through jumping through various what look like Viking warships. But they act as sort of trampolines. They have like a horizontal trampoline on each of them that you can land on and use to spring through the air. And in combination with your glider and Tullin's gust ability, which can put a load of wind in your wings and send you hurtling forwards, you're able to bounce between enough of these Viking warships to finally make your way up to the very top of the cloud that's hanging in the sky and drop down into the Sky Temple. And it's like a giant floating ship, really. Yeah, it's just like a giant floating flying ship. I reckon that the temples, they are, I would say, a tiny bit bigger 
than the uh, the ancient beasts that you had to work your way through the puzzles in Breath of the Wild. So I think the challenges around this one were all very wind-specific. You were using your gust ability a lot, you were using the surrounding pirate ships, and I'm sure that for each of the other ones they'll have their own very specific themes, which is a step in the right direction compared to Breath of the Wild, where they did have their own themes, but the solution to the puzzle all revolved around the same solution, which was rotating mechanically the beasts to reconfigure the rooms so that you could solve the puzzles within the rooms so all of the four temples kind of felt very similar and interchangeable whereas as i say this one was very wind themed and i'm imagining there's going to be a water temple a lava temple and a desert temple and they'll all have their own challenges involved with them as well so i'm looking forward to experiencing the other ones i feel like they're an improvement on breath of the wild nothing too crazy but definitely a step in the right direction similar scope it sounds like just done just better more varied yeah i think it's probably yeah. the best way to describe it when you finally work your way through i think it's five or six different wind turbines that you need to power in order to complete the temple very similar to the previous game you fight a boss at the end uh, it's not a version of ganon this time it's actually uh so this one was called kolgera scourge of the sky temple it's like a giant floating spiky dragon that has uh icy undersides which are weak to arrow shots and then you can fire another arrow shot to hit its weak point i think you need to hit it about eight or nine times to drain the health bar and throughout the whole fight, you're using the sudden gusts of air around you to keep yourself in the air. And I don't know if you remember from playing Breath of the Wild, but you slow down time. If you're falling through the air and you aim your bow and arrow, you're able to slow down time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's a key part of hitting the weak points. It's just timing between activating your glider, closing your glider, switching to your bow and popping one of the weak points as you fly past it. And then occasionally using Tullin's gust ability to avoid attacks that are coming in as well. That sounds kind of similar to, isn't there a dragon fight in Breath of the Wild? There is, the yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, similar kind of fight to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so with all of that done, that was a pretty chunky bit of headway there. I found the very first temple in the game, beat the first boss, got my first ability, lost a dear friend. I would say uh, one step back, but two steps forward. So I'm finally ready to take on whatever the game offers me now, because I think I mentioned last week that there are a few things hinging on me doing this first mission. So yeah, looking forward to uh, reporting back next week if I find a bit more time to play this game. But that's about me for this week, man. What about yourself? I have only played one game this week and we'll talk about it later. Right. Okay. Game yeah. challenge keeping you busy, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. We'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> so with that, we do come to the end of the catch up for this week. So why don't we move over to the news? So with our first news story this week, a small confirmation came out, just like a bit of a nothing trailer that's going to happen in the next week or so. Minor indie game, right? Something like that. Yeah, that sort of thing. A, a company called Rockstar, uh, they've confirmed an exact date for a game uh, called GTA 6. No big deal, really. I heard the last one wasn't that popular. No, it's certainly not still going. I mean, Jesus. But no, but all joking aside, we, we of course aggregated reports a couple of weeks ago saying that a GTA 6 trailer would drop in December. And now Rockstar have confirmed this to be correct, stating that the first Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer will drop on the 5th of December at 9am Eastern Time. As reported by GameRant, Rockstar haven't confirmed what fans can expect from the trailer, but it includes an interesting image with the announcement that hints at what fans can expect. The image on the Rockstar Games X account has a distinct Vice City look about it, seemingly confirming the long-standing rumour that we will be returning to Miami. Although, as always, take this with a pinch of salt until the trailer actually drops. Oh god, no, that's that's fully confirmed as far as I'm considered. <laughs> Me too, but I'm just covering, like, you know, just in case it ends up being Los Santos again. Editorial cover, allegedly! <laughs> <laughs> 
It will be interesting to see whether other rumours end up being true, if Vice City is indeed the setting. I'm, of course, thinking mainly about the dual Bonnie and Clyde-style protagonists, for example. Uh, although it's not outside the realms of possibility that Rockstar may have pivoted after the leaks earlier this year. I personally don't think that's the case. Uh, as we've sort of intimated, though, I think this image uh, pretty much does confirm that we're going back to Vice City. 100%. Could I see them ditching the Bonnie and Clyde thing after the reveal? Maybe, but probably not. I think that these these storylines are way too far in the works and I imagine they spend a lot of time developing all of this stuff to change something like a dynamic like that. Yeah. They would have to work some real wizardry to be able to turn it around in time. I mean, that said... I still don't think that either of us are minded that this trailer is going to end in a release date. As we sort of said, uh, I might have been last week, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I wouldn't mind betting that they're only releasing this trailer to wash the taste of the like leaked footage out of people's mouths. Yeah, yeah. Just like, it is real. This is what it's actually going to look like. But we'll tell you more stuff later down the line when the game's actually a bit more ready. I've got a strong feeling that this trailer is mostly going to be exposition of the environment. I'm more expecting just broad views of the city, kind of like what we got with Grand Theft Auto V, just seeing sort of people on the beach, people walking along at bars, doing regular NPC activities. Sort of yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. With a nice jazzy tune over, yeah, over I the think top. So. Some gunshots every like, every so often. I'm expecting yeah, a couple blasts of Scarface soundtrack. Yeah, It'll yeah. be there for sure. Makes Some sense. 80s kind of pop rock. Be interesting to see that, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what the world looks like a bit more. Obviously, you know, roughly what you're getting with Vice City. But be interesting to see if they show off any cars as well. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll have a few sweeping shots of the city and traffic. That I think that'll be the kind of stuff we'll get a sense of is... What does the traffic look like in the game? What does walking down the street, how alive does the yeah. city feel? Little examples of that is what I'm hoping to see, uh, rather than a great deal of background information on the characters and things like that. More interested yeah. to see just how alive and breathing this city is, considering what they managed to achieve in Red Dead 2. I kind of want to just see that done on a larger, more dense scale. And I guess we've got uh, trailers two, three, four, and however many they're going to be to see the characters and get the idea of the story. So I agree. I think that'd be a good way to start. So with our second news story this week, more unfortunate news of layoffs from Embracer as well as a potential studio closure, unfortunately. God damn. Yeah. This news coming at the end of the year. Yeah, 2023 hasn't been the one for the gaming industry, man. No, tough break right before Christmas. Exactly. So according to a report from PC Gamer, the company Embracer has confirmed that approximately 50 employees are being laid off from Chorus Developers Fish Labs and is also reportedly looking at closing Time Splitters Studio Free Radical Design completely. As well as Chorus, Fish Labs also had a hand in recent games including Dead Island 2, the Saints Row reboot, maybe don't talk about that too much, and the Xbox version of Valheim. It was working on an unannounced game known internally as Project Black, but parent company Playon, one of Embrace's internal divisions, said it was unable to find financing for the project and was thus forced to cancel it and cut employees. A day after the Fish Labs layoffs were announced, VGC reported that Embracer is also looking at closing Free Radical Design entirely. Free Radical was founded in 1999 and closed in 2014, but was then reformed in 2021 to work on the new Time Splitters game which presumably is now canned if they're considering closing the studio, right? Rumour has it that an internal email suggests that Free Radical is facing potential closure as soon as the 11th of December if a buyer cannot be found. Unfortunately, it seems that 2023 will continue to be a bad year for those working in the games industry. Fingers crossed that all of this improves in 2024, and of course, our thoughts go out to all of those that are affected. Not a nice story, this. With our final news story this week, moving back on slightly more positive things, finally... There is an update on the upcoming Elden Ring expansion. Sort of. 
It's a fairly vague one. <laughs> oh, is it a tenuous update, is it? I think it's kind of cool, um, but that's because I'm a bit of a mark, as we'll right, get into. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, once again, aggregating a report of my friends at GameRant, uh, Elden Ring producer Yasuhiro Kitao has given a development update on how Shadow of the Erd Tree is progressing, as well as when fans may expect to play it. Sort of, not really. All right. Sort of, not really. Okay. Yeah. I like how you're kind of uh, post-fixing all of this. Yeah, with... yeah you know. Negating everything as you go online. <laughs> <laughs> While speaking at the PlayStation Partners Awards, uh, from software and Elden Ring producer Yasuhiro Kitao provides a small update on how the Shadow of the Earth Tree expansion is progressing. Kitao admitted that the expansion is still likely a ways out, hence why I say, well, not really, right? Is, is that a, a quote? Yeah. <laughs> Kitao, it's yeah. Out. It's a ways out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Out, won't be yeah. seeing it for a minute. Though development progress is going well. Without revealing too much else, he did mention that similar to what the studio did with the Bloodborne expansion known as the Old Hunters, Shadow of the Earth Tree will feature new battles and characters for Elden Ring players to experience. Though, of course, stop short from providing any like concrete facts or details. Sure thing. Okay. Yeah. So he's kind of just more confirming what people are hoping for, which yeah. is a, a kind of a like-for-like -like DLC of a similar quality to their previous ones for Dark Souls, Bloodborne, etc. Well, this is where I say that I'm a mark, right? Because... The biggest endorsement for this is that if he literally said the old hunters by name, in my opinion, that's one of the best expansions ever made. Like, right, yeah. And across any game, it's, it's yeah. sublime how good that is. Sublime! And if you put that sort of quality into Elden Ring, I mean, that's going to be awesome. And uh, frankly, they can take as long as they need if that's what we're getting. Although, not going to lie, I would like to see a little summon summon at the Game Awards. This has got to be one of the longest gaps between base game and DLC. That they've ever done in a FromSoft game before, right? Bordering on two years at this point. If we get to February, it will be two years from release. I think was it February? I, I, honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. It was first half of the year for sure when Elden Ring came out. They did only announce the DLC like a few months ago. But it's we've we've been talking about it for months. You know, we, we've known it's coming. It will be about two years from release, depending on how long it takes. It's a ways out, will. Do you want to speculate on what's been keeping them? Or are you happy to put it down to the fact that they are going to put out something of a similar quality to Old Hunters and they're taking the goddamn time they need? Whether I truly believe this is the case, this is what I hope and I trust FromSoft. I think they've probably made a brand new world as opposed to in the Old Hunters where they had the old world but they just just it up a bit. Right. You know, they had a few new bits and stuff. Yeah, but I know what you mean. I wouldn't mind betting they're making a brand new world doing completely redesigned new bosses and of course bloodborne again did that but they did have one boss that was exactly the same character model as claret beast like mm. let's be real about that. yeah and i just think because they're doing that and the fact it won game of the year and is i think fair to say it's comfortably their most popular game of all time yeah i think they just want to absolutely hit out of the park make sure it's amazing um and I trust them to do it because they've not let me down. That's a very good point, actually, to mention there, that uh, given the popularity of Elden Ring, this one has the most yeah. eyes on it. So if there was ever one for them to really need to nail and keep uh, the good faith rolling, then uh, this would be a good one to do it on. Yeah, and the other thing, of course, is, uh, again, going back to the old Hunters. In the old Hunters, they added a bunch of new weapons and things as well. So they could take that into consideration. They're probably able to come up with new weapons, new weapon arts, maybe some new side quests. New spells, I mean, all sorts we, of don't know, we don't know how big it's going to be as yeah. well. Bloodborne is a very small game compared to Elden Ring. I think it's just going to take that long, especially if they're doing really handcrafted, curated levels. And I'm here for it. But with that ray of hope hopefully coming very soon, we come to the end of the news for this week. So now I think it's about time we moved on to the... A Games Challenge! Yeah! 
so, as I mentioned at the top of the show, my challenge this week, and I have to win. Otherwise, the, the game's challenge for this year is over and Will is the champion. My challenge this week was to play some Bloodborne and to beat Father Gascoin and Cleric Beast at blood level 4 using only my fists. No items, no weapons, which meant no parrying, no help, no summons, no none of that nonsense. Just me, my fists. And the only caveat to those rules were that they only apply to the two bosses in question. I was allowed to use my weapons and stuff to grind for souls to purchase blood vials because unlike the Dark Souls challenge, there's no regenerating Estus. Exactly, yeah. With that in mind, I would like to open by saying Bloodborne is one of my favourite games of all time, so this is a very nice challenge, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a couple of uh, housekeeping things before we start. I had to start as the Waste of Skin class, because that is the only class that is blood level 4. Correct. And uh, one of the key mechanics in this game, um, parrying and then visceral damage, basically can't be used, but it's worth noting that visceral damage does, I believe, scale off your skill stat. And uh, the Waste of Skin starting class has a starting skill stat of 9, which is terrible. <laughs> Sub 10 for any of your skills is, is a horrible start. Yeah, and I, and I believe that my only 10s were like strength and maybe health. I, yeah, it's brutal starting class. And uh, I had a very strong start because uh, my PlayStation controller charger cable was broken, so I couldn't charge <laughs> my controllers. <laughs> okay. Uh, but l- luckily, I had another micro USB, so we avoided a crisis and I was able to crack on. So few stats for some context in this it's worth noting that uh, quite quickly before i started like actually doing the challenge i ran to the bosses to hit them and see how much damage i was yeah doing. yeah yeah <laughs> just a punch and run oh uh, you also when you find a boss in this game you unlock um is it insight it's called you do yeah. and that uh, unlocks one of the shops for me as well. yeah so uh this is obviously quite similar to the dark souls challenge that i set for world right at the start of the game's challenge this year but with some key differences that i think is uh, fair to point out so correct me if i'm wrong but i believe you said that asylum demon was uh you were doing two damage a hit yes two damage uh, a hit yeah yeah so 825 health two damage a hit 413 hits yeah. took me about right 15 20 minutes to get the asylum demon yeah. down and taurus beast again i think you said you were doing two damage per hit yeah. 1,215 health, so 608 hits. Yes. Yeah. That one took me more like half an hour, a yeah. bit more than half an hour to take down. Yeah. Father Gascoin has 2,031 health, yeah. and I was doing two damage a hit. That's 1,016 hits. <laughs> right. Which is just slightly less than both of your bosses combined. Yeah. Key difference, though, there is a way to do a good chunk of damage to him that wasn't available in the Dark Souls bosses. We'll have to come to that, because whatever it was, I didn't f***ing find it. Right, okay. <laughs> Uh, and Cleric Beast has 3,015 health, and fair play, I can do three damage a hit to this, um, so it's only 1,005 hits. Yeah. Um, so nearly double the amount of hits uh, on, I think you'd agree with me, unquestionably harder bosses. Harder in terms of health amount, not harder in terms of yeah. moveset, I would say. I completely disagree with that. You're telling me you'd rather fight Father Gascoigne than uh, f***ing Taurus Beast? No, no, Gascoigne, different, but the Cleric Beast is a very doable boss fight. Gascoigne, depending on how you play that, it's not a bad boss fight to do, fist only. Fair. Well, we'll come yeah. to that. I really thought that Cleric Beast was going to be the harder of the two uh, when I set you the challenge. No, no well, that, that's, well, that's not how it went Interesting. Um, okay. The reason I bring that up is because, basically to show, say, uh, I have my work cut out. You did. It's a lot of hits, a lot of concentration needed. Hey, man, I've given you a couple challenges earlier this year. You were saying they were too easy, so uh, I'm finally glad that I've set you one that you're <laughs> making out to be a challenge. Oh, dude, this is, yeah, this is intense, <laughs> Good. So, a couple of other disclaimers before we get started into the actual meat and bows in this, because it actually played a very crucial part in the challenge to come. I don't know what this is, 
But my PlayStation would randomly just turn itself off and go into rest mode uh, for no reason. Mm, that sounds like it may be overheating issues. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. But then I'd be able to play for seven hours. Mm. And then it did. So it was very weird. And this happened enough times. I, I will say it did stop happening. But it happened enough times that I was always on edge yeah. that it was going <laughs> to yeah, happen. Yeah, at any moment. You could be on like yeah, one was... HP left on the boss fight and you get a cut out. Exactly. Yeah. I will say thankfully that didn't happen. But pff, this was frustrating very frustrating and uh, for the reasons i've just outlined as well this uh, it was just took a long time and attempts took a long time so with all that said we get into what i'd call the setup phase i decided right okay i'm gonna need to grind because i need to collect some blood vials i had none at this point what i did was when you wake up there is a wolf in like the very first room mm. that has half a health bar i left him alive very deliberately because initially from the very start I was probably going to do this but especially when I saw how little damage I was doing and how much health they had I was like right I definitely need to do this so I performed wolf skip okay right whereby you can use the wolf to glitch yourself through a gate yeah he grabs you and kind of pushes you through as part of his animation yeah exactly that unlocks um, the forbidden woods which is a mid-game area yeah. and the reason I did this was because it meant that I could run through my usual route of um, central yarn and collecting blood shards but then I could also sprint my ass avoiding every single f***ing enemy to click up um, twin blood shards and get a plus six weapon to make grinding just really snappy. Also meant that I could grind in Forbidden Woods which meant I was getting infinitely more souls at a time which meant I could just buy a load of potions which were all needed. All of them. <laughs> I, I bought over 1500. Nice. Like easily. Jesus. Like not a problem <laughs> because they were only 180 souls each because I hadn't defeated any bosses exactly. yet and I thought right stockpile now. Yeah they get more expensive the more bosses you beat. I think Gascoigne's a pretty big trigger for a price hike as well. Yeah, it is, as it turns out. But thankfully I did this, um, and not that it matters at all in the run other than for this instance. I picked the Hunter's Axe because I thought that'll do the most damage in a single hit when I'm grinding. So um, I did Wolf Skip, was able to do this. It meant I could grind very quickly in between attempts, which we now get to now. For those that haven't played the game before, just to give an idea of what the bosses are, Father Gascoigne, he's a hunter like we are, the player character, who, by the way, is called Larry the Fist. Oh, that was your character name? Nice. That nice. was my character's name, yeah. A uh, big jacked ginger chap with the old uh, curtain hairstyle. <laughs> Father Gascoin um, has a very similar moveset to the Hunter's Axe, actually, funnily enough, because that's what he uses. He's a blood-frenzied hunter, though, isn't he? So he's been corrupted by his bloodlust, and uh, yeah, he's gone a bit psycho. Oh, yeah. He's sort of semi-wolf, semi-beast uh, when you first meet him. Beasts all over the shop. You'll be one of them, sooner or later. The only difference between um, the Hunter Axe moveset that I have and Gascoigne's has is he can shoot at any point, basically, and his interrupt his blunderbuss is yeah. exactly just like spread shots. Um, and he has three phases. Phase one is um, he's using just the Hunter's Axe in its first form. Phase two, he uses the switched up form, which makes it a two-handed axe, mm, mm. which uh, the player character can't shoot the gun with, but Gascoigne can because he's a badass. And then he has phase three where he fully becomes a big old beast wolfy thing and hits a bunch harder and jumps at you and <laughs> yeah. swipes a lot and and it's just uh, quite painful to do when you have no weapon very easy if you can parry i must say and cleric beast is kind of a big gray wolfy skeletony kind of deer antlery monstrosity yeah yeah like big old boss uh, very cool looking really really sort of signature screech that you hear a couple of times as you're making your way to the arena as well 
kind of built a little bit like a more gangly golem, but it's darker in color and obviously giant, like absolutely giant. You probably come up to its knee when it's hunched over, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. It's, this thing is like the size of a building. It's huge. It is able to stand on its rear legs, but it mostly operates on an all fours basis, kind of smashing around the arena. Yeah, yeah and uh, interestingly, this was the one you could probably give the most parallels to Taurus Demon with because they are kind of large bosses on a bridge. And although the Bloodborne um, bridge is wider, there's more things like wagons and like lamp posts and things that sort of get in your way. In a normal scenario, that boss fight is probably one of the easiest in the game until you get unfortunately caught behind a wagon or a coffin or something like that. Get stuck on scenery, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this boss only has one phase, but throughout this one phase, it can sort of buff itself up. It screams at itself and gets like a little aura. Mm. Mm. And during that phase, it, it doesn't really have that many different attacks per se. They just hit a lot harder and the combos last a bit longer. Yeah. The only other attack you really need to watch out for with Clara Beast is he has a grab and it just, it doesn't kill you, but it basically kills yeah. you. It may as well kill you when you have uh, no health at blood level four. So... To give you some context, Will gave some times at the start there. What I would call a good run at these bosses, a good run where you sort of get, you know, half health maybe. It was half an hour yeah. minimum, but, you know, going into 40, 45, maybe even longer, depending on how badly I was doing. I've seen runs of Cleric Beast on the internet take anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes under the same yeah. parameters, yeah. It's three to four hits from 100% HP for death in most cases, but in Cleric Beast buffed phases and mainly Gascoigne phase three but some attacks in phase two mm, when he's double handed mm. it can become two or three maybe even one to two hits it, it can get really yeah. brutal yeah and one of the things that was very hard to deal with particularly on cleric beast for the most part but also a little bit on Gascoigne, was if you use camera lock on it can go a bit funky on some of the attacks yeah. and the combos and it can become almost harder than the boss itself i'm gonna go ahead and say now that both of these bosses using the techniques that i'm thinking of camera lock on is probably the worst thing you could ever do <laughs> like yeah no you're absolutely yeah. correct i was using manual camera a lot yes 100 percent. there were occasions where i locked on you know when the opportunity was there for me to do so but for the most part it was manual which isn't too bad but it's a different way of playing for me you gotta relearn it so i made the decision early on that i was gonna defeat father gascoigne first because okay. for me as i said last week i thought that would be the hardest one three phases quite an unpredictable move set at times mm, mm. some of the same sort of starts to the attack can lead to different combos for example he can roll into you and either shoot his gun yeah swipe at you roll again sometimes very rare but it happens so it was i just thought this was going to be the most finickety fight and also his arena is a pain in the ass yes you have the bottom what you generously call the wide area but it's not because there's gravestones everywhere. Just like a large cemetery area, isn't it? Completely yeah. littered with yeah. clusters of tombstones and trees and things. All of which you can get stuck yeah. on, which you don't want to do against Gascoigne. So for all of my runs throughout all time, including the first time I ever beat Gascoigne and my friend Daniele's house, shout out, I've always fought him. You run up some stairs and there's like a really thin but clear area. Yes. I yeah. always fight him there. That's the technique, yeah. But I was just getting absolutely destroyed by this man because... You're hitting him, it's doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. You lose any stagger that you might have had with a weapon. You can't parry, which is the easiest way to defeat Gascoigne. So it wasn't so much a case of it being hard learning his moves, because I kind of already knew a lot of them, but it was knowing when to attack. This basically became a game of dodge. Yeah. And what I was finding is you can dodge a bunch, just kind of get behind him, run in and get two, maybe three hits. Mm. But two mm. is really 
really what you're looking at here. And then you have to dance around a lot. And R and G can come into this a lot because you can get some nice runs where he'll do the exploitable attacks release. Really like he'll roll and do his shot. Yeah. If you time it well, you can dodge forward. He does his shot and you can get behind him and get three hits. It's no problem. That's right. Yes. But you can also have runs where he's just being a pain <laughs> yeah, in the ass. He's just doing the same annoying, undodgeable yeah. or difficult to find a window after it move over exactly. and over again. Or just constantly shooting at you. Just every every time shot. That is really taking um, me back to uh, the Taurus Beast yeah. on the bridge. There's a couple moves that he does that give you a big window at the end and other ones yeah. where there's just nothing. Uh, it was very soul-destroying, honestly. <laughs> As I mentioned, because a good run is half an hour minimum, and I know you know this from when you did your challenge, you have to concentrate. It's a, a long, lot. sustained concentration. Yeah. Yeah, and it really is because, you know, anywhere from two to four hits for death for me and to heal, I have to run away and deal with an animation. And he's quick, like he'll get to you. Quickly. Oh yeah, especially in third stage when he starts his jumping diving bullshit. Oh Jesus, yeah, <laughs> just nonsense. Clear half the arena. The most useful thing I found for that was um, you can drop down onto like a mini roof ledge and then drop down into the graveyard. Right, okay. You know where you find the red brooch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can drop yeah. down there. I found that was a good way to get just enough time to heal, even in phase three, although getting there when he's beast mode is a different story. And there isn't really too much of an epic story here. Because this was just perseverance. There's no magic. I mean, I'm very interested to hear what this technique you're talking about is. Because for me, there was no magic technique. There was no, like, exploit. I will say I didn't use the internet at all in this. So maybe that's on me. I probably could have found a way to do it. But, uh, I, you know, I thought that I thought that was against the spirit of how I wanted to do this challenge. Um, so this was just persistence. I can't even tell you how long I was fighting this guy. I don't know if it's because I was being too defensive and dodging. Maybe there's a way to get him to stagger because we'll talk some about something with Cleric Beast that I discovered. But this was just painful, dude. It got to the point where I literally had to drain all emotion out of my body before I could <laughs> yeah. even play it. Yeah. Because otherwise you get to like half health bar and like that Adrenaline does nothing. Kicks in, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but when you're sort of however many hours i was into this honestly you just get to the point where it's like half a health bar okay woo yeah that's like the baseline that's where it needs to be but for me to even start calling it even an attempt it's when you get to like a quarter left yeah. and he's in phase three that's when you know okay this is an attempt so it's like yeah that's when in your mind yeah. the boss health bar appears yeah exactly by the end of it you know because you know the early attempts it was exhilarating <laughs> It, no, it really was, as I'm sure you're going to know again from the Dark Souls challenge. Like, it, it was really exhilarating, like doing it, getting your hits, not getting hit for ages. Then you make the mistake of looking at his health bar and you say, oh, awesome. It looks like I've done nothing. Great. Yeah. I, I started judging it on the phases by the end of it. But yeah, I mean, I can't really say much more than that. It just, it was a real fucking slog. I, I'm happy to say I was eventually able to beat Gascon. Well done. Bravo, bravo. But me honestly there was no hype when i beat him. <laughs> really that's, no damn. that's how no, literally nothing that's how drained i was because there was that and then i knew oh, well shit, and now i've got to do <laughs> yeah. what i thought was going to be the harder boss right okay yeah so yes please so please tell me what this magical technique is that you know of so um a lot of the runs that i've seen done for gascoigne involve uh essentially stun locking him using heavy attacks from behind after he does two moves in his moveset, there's enough of a window that provided that you're not actually locked onto him. If you stay close enough behind him, you just charge up an attack from behind. And, you know, as you know, when you hit an enemy with a charged attack from behind, they go into their stagger. And then you just run around and do your visceral. Is it called a visceral attack? I can't remember what they call it. It is called a visceral. Yeah. And that's so funny. I, that never crossed my mind. You can basically stun lock Gascoigne and have him under in like 10 minutes. Under 10 minutes. Of course you can do that. Why the f*** <laughs> didn't I think of that? 
Yeah, man. I was doing that to mobs to kill them. <laughs> Why didn't I think to do that? Yeah. Oh, mate. I am crushed. That is brutal dude that's why i told you why the cleric beast would have been easier i reckon if you'd have done that all it is then is figuring out which moves that give you that's the window. a fucking five minute yeah, fight that's it's a five minute fight it'd probably taken you a couple hours tops to actually master and that's including the rng you'd have been up against as you mentioned earlier you correctly identified yeah. he does need to do the moves that give you the appropriate window to do that attack i feel so dumb <laughs> When you were talking about it last week, I almost told you about the backstab thing. I was like, I was like going to like lay it out for you, and it's like, I'll let him figure it out, sort of thing. And yeah. <laughs> right, okay. yeah. Bloodborne is one of my favorite games. Yeah, yeah. I don't even <laughs> think of the backstab mechanic. Jesus Christ! I will be a one hundred percent fair to you. One hundred percent fair to you. In all of the other FromSoft games that you've played within recent memory, it is the only game that has that mechanic. And I think that yeah. you were probably relying on almost sort of... The games kind of merged together in a weird muscle memory sense in some ways, and you probably just... You're very you know. kind to try and give me an out <laughs> of this. You really are. The only thing I can say is I did have Liza P muscle memory still, which is really interesting. Right. Okay. Uh, just in terms of how they reminded me of each other. But, yeah. but that's no f***ing excuse, dude. Like, I can't believe I didn't think of that. I guess I assumed you wouldn't be able to do it because you haven't got a weapon. Because you can do that to um, Orphan cause You can't stun lock him, but you can. that's how an easy way to be. Yeah. You dodge under him and then do that. And I'm, of course, exaggerating when I say I've seen people stun lock him, but do you know what I mean? It's essentially the yeah, same Yeah, I know thing. exactly yeah, what you mean, are, yeah. Yeah, they are rinsing him. Oh, man, I feel stupid. <laughs> I really do. That. Uh, uh, anyway, moving on to Cleric Beast. <laughs> that is so many hours of my life I'm not going to get back for something that could be so simple. <laughs> Uh, moving on, eh? <laughs> so yeah, so anyway, after all that, which has just been completely destroyed by... I wish I hadn't asked. <laughs> I really... I'm genuinely, like, so annoyed at myself. I really wish I hadn't asked. Uh, but anyway, I did all that. Um, I nipped back to uh, the Hunter's Dream real quick so I could buy his clothes. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, f*** you, Gascoigne. I'm just going to wear your outfit now. And uh, we got on to Cleric Beast. There's a really interesting thing about Cleric Beast that I think only happens when you have no weapon. His hitboxes go a bit funky. Oh, really? Because I think the game expects you to be able to have that extra reach of the weapon. Right. It's very rare. It doesn't happen like all the time, but it's worth mentioning. And he does certain attacks where he, like, as you mentioned, he bends over and kind of slaps down. Mm, mm. And it looks like you're going to punch him in the arm. It really does. And you just don't. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. I don't know if it's just a weird way the box is and because you have no weapon. It's very bizarre. But this fight I thought was going to be so much worse because he's a big boss in a similarly tight arena when you scale it all together yeah. with, as we mentioned, all these obstacles you can get stuck on. And it was hard. Don't get me wrong. This was also brutal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it wasn't as brutal as Gascoigne. One thing that I found that I could do, but it really wasn't useful in the end because I couldn't get it consistently is if you do focus on the same limb a bunch you can actually get cleric beast into a state where you can visceral limb yes from what I believe is the limb break mechanics you can do it to dark beast pile that's as well. right I think repeatedly attacking his left forearm is a is a way to trigger that weak point it really only happened a couple of times mm. and it didn't factor into many of the runs at all it, it was just something I noticed which I thought was interesting uh, would have been more interesting if I didn't now know that I could have in this ruled Gascoigne a bunch. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I've written that in my notes. It's like, oh yeah, well I found a way to visceral this one, but Gascoigne, you just can't visceral <laughs> them. Dickhead. 
But as I mentioned, I, this didn't really happen much because the RNG didn't really allow it because I was still doing the same sort of tactic of playing the dancing simulator and then just going in and doing a few hits. Mm, mm. This one is very similar was... to my two boss fights in Dark Souls. Take a couple hits, don't yeah. get greedy, back away, let him do his move, rinse and repeat. Yeah, this one I think yeah, you, you could compare quite favourably to Taurus Beast. Yeah. Um, you had the added difficulty of mobs. Yes. But um, I, I think it's fair to say Cleric Beast is a bit more frantic. <laughs> Yeah, he's got flurries of attacks yeah. rather than kind of one yeah. one or two slow hits. And if you get caught in a particularly unlucky combo, you just die straight yeah. away, um, especially when he's buffed up. Again, unfortunately, there isn't really any sort of legendary story of how I found this amazing technique. It was once again perseverance. A lot less perseverance. This took comfortably. <laughs> I, I will say at this point, I, I thankfully I was able to f***ing beat it. Otherwise, hey. I'd be crushed at what Will just told me. I really would have been. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, honestly, if I if I'd failed a gas coin and then you just kind of dude, you know, you could have backstabbed. I'd been like, I hate myself. <laughs> but thankfully, I was able to do it. Congratulations, man! The game's challenge lives on for another week. It does live on for another week, but I, I have to be honest, there was very little hype on this one too. I was so emotionally drained. <laughs> Mate, you give yourself... There has been quite a few challenges in this year that you've made so much harder for yourself in a weird, artificial way. Yeah. Vampire Survivors was like this, and I would argue that your Minecraft run was like this as well, by kind of forcing a reset every time you didn't find within the square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you've really yeah, you've ramped up happens, the difficulty right? in these challenges. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and all three of them, those particular ones, you I was able manage to finish. To do, so yeah. I'm being... You know, obviously there was a bit of hype when I beat claret beast um and i was able to do it like you know with time to spare like i did this i finished on like wednesday all oh, right okay nice one yeah awesome um there's no sugarcoating this um it, it took me just under 26 hours to do all of this wow okay 20 25 hours and 55 minutes that's rivaling my monster hunter rise challenge i gotta say that doesn't take into account all the times my playstation reset itself <laughs> yeah. so maybe add in a little bit more for that it's not going to make it much more but Probably another hour or two, mm, genuinely. Mm. And I mean, I've got to say, of those 26 hours, total enjoyment was probably two to three hours <laughs> when setting up, and then a further two to three hours on the attempt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but otherwise, this was just soul destroying. The overriding emotion was relief when I finished this. <laughs> I was like, thank God I don't have to do this again. I'm yeah. never doing a whole run of that. F that. <laughs> Even if you were allowed to level up, this would be brutal. And we did joke the other week when you sent me the Skyrim challenge that. Um, you know, oh, I'm going to say something that's going to make you hate Skyrim. Oh, mate, you'd have to take a lot for me to hate Skyrim. <laughs> I questioned, I, I questioned my love for Bloodborne during this challenge. I still f***ing love it, don't get me wrong. Like, that, that's never going to change, but... You just don't like punching your way through Bloodborne. Well, it was, it's not so much I don't like it, but one of the most satisfying mechanics in the game is the parry mechanic. Absolutely. It's so, yeah. it's so good. It's unrivaled. And when you don't have it, it's a very different game and it's yes. not as fun. It, what is nice is that I, I do think that I'm probably going to do a Bloodborne run soon as a result. All oh, right, okay, it, okay, that's I, I got the little itch. And the other thing I meant to say as well is, is just for context, 26 hours I spent on this. I've got a file on there where I've done the entire game, all side quests, collected every item, all bosses, all DLC, all that good stuff. And I'm also about halfway through New Game Plus. That's 35 hours. <laughs> right, okay, okay. So just to give you a concept of how long I spent doing this, you know, but the takeaway, there's two takeaways from this. One, I'm a f***ing idiot. <laughs> and, and that's fine. But the other takeaway is... You are one persevering bastard. <laughs> well, uh, that too. Okay, there's three takeaways. You are a stupid, stupid perseverant. <laughs> stupid son of a son of a... But um, yeah, but I'm stubborn. I get things Brute done. forcing your way through, just banging um, your head against something. But, <laughs> um, I, I'm genuinely so upset with myself. 
But it's fine because it is five all. It is. I have drawn it level somehow. One more week to go though. It's still up for grabs. It's not up for grabs. It is now winner takes all essentially. Mine for the taking. If you are able to complete the challenge that I set you this week, you will be the new champion. It all hinges on this. But if you are unable to, then we go to sudden death and we're potentially looking at comeback <laughs> of the century. So pressure may be on. Your challenge this week is actually something okay. that I told you about months ago. I know that you've subsequently forgotten, or you say you have. I did, yeah, I neglected to store it in the memory bank, so this has yeah. totally left me. But um, your challenge, um, similar to the end of last year, when I set your final challenge to actually f***ing complete Elden Ring, your final challenge this year is going to be um, to complete another game that you have uh, yet oh, to finish that you've had for ages. However... To make this fun, we're revisiting the roulette, baby. The roulette? Oh, God, okay. Will, I have some options right. for you. I want you to pick a number between one and four, please. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, let's go for number three. Why not? Number three. You sure? Three. Locking number it three. in? I'm, I mean, I've got no idea what any of them could be, so this is really a shot in the dark. So number three. Number three. Final answer. Final answer. In which case, Will, your final challenge is... To complete Sekiro with the non-Shura ending, the full ending, baby. Oh, damn. Okay, that's a that's a big challenge. Yeah, you don't have to start again. Oh, okay, okay, that's that's Because better. it is completing yeah, yeah, yeah. games that you've started and had for ages and haven't that finished. That is true, that is true. But you do have to do the full-on get to the end, beat the final, final boss, not the Shura. Although, I think, based on where your file is up to, you've already passed the point where you could do Shura anyway. Yes, I have, yeah, I've surpassed that. So there you go. Simple as that. It's uh, the only completion one I've given you, I believe. It is, yeah. But, well, unless I mean, yeah, something. unless you're counting the Monster Hunter inadvertent, had to kind of complete the game again. Well, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't part of the challenge, It ended right? up being part of the challenge, but it wasn't. <laughs> yes, no, so this is the first true completion challenge. Although this isn't necessarily yeah. a true completion challenge either, because I'm not starting from the beginning. No. So. It's not. Okay, yeah. I had a little panic there. No, I was no. thinking, you're expecting me to do this from zero to 100 non-sure ending? But uh, yeah, no, from the place that I am now, which is roughly, I think, a third of the way through the game-ish. Yeah, you just beat the um, the uh, giant eight. Yeah, I, we were hanging around there, hanging around there. I need to, yeah, I need to kind of brush yeah. up on it. I actually need to have a look and figure out which save file that was on, whether that's on my PlayStation 4 or my PC, and I'm praying that it's on my PC, I'll be honest coincidentally i didn't actually bring this up on the pod but i did actually stick maybe about six or seven hours into sekiro last week as well coincidentally starting from the beginning of the game just to kind of play around with it i, I really like sekiro so yeah good timing i guess to uh, to get back into it so there you go simple as that you complete sekiro you win the games challenge oh it's a good one it's a good one man i like this i like it a lot either way i'm 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 gonna say it now i'm pleased with myself to have gotten back in the position where it's actually coming down to the final <laughs> yeah. week i thought when I went two down relatively early doors, that it, that wouldn't happen. So I'm pleased with that. Let's see how Will gets on this week, and then we'll take it from there. So with that, we come to the end of the show. If you've enjoyed what you listened to, you can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pod Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on X by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word. Or you can find me at Hoodafunk on X, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. And you can find me on X at Mr. Bames. 
also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash MrBames underscore TPM. And please do check us out on all those social media platforms. Please do leave us a like, a five star rating. Get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Give us some ideas, some suggestions of what you'd like us to talk about. Any engagement is good engagement. Exactly. And we really appreciate all the support we've received so far. But with that, it is the end of the show. Until next time, take care, everyone. Goodbye. Bye now. Bye.